This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Welcome to another edition of Double Tap Canada. As uh, like last week, I am Marco Flalo sitting in for Stephen Scott. Also joined again this week by Sean Priest. Sean, how you feeling? Another week with me? Well, yeah, apart from that, I'm feeling good, Mark. How are you? I can't complain. I've had a minor, minor technical meltdown this morning. Um, very long story short, I have a Mac Mini that's been tried and true in my home, and it's been it's been wonderful. It's been great. And I turn it on this morning, and I get these bars across my screen. Ooh. Now, I still see the Apple logo, so I'm like, okay, I'm hopeful. So then it goes white, and then it just stops, and this reboots, and does the exact same thing over and over again. So... I go to the trusty technical support line of Google, and I say Mac Mini lines, yeah. and every single response seems to be, oh, that's the GPU, that's the GPU, it's definitely fried. Hardware, hardware, hardware. Try and reinstalling, but you're going to have a hardware problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, so um, needless to say, I am uh, one computer down, and uh, I had to run out after my morning session it's and go fine. get my... You just run to the Apple store and pick up another one. What's the problem, no, Mark? You see, that's Easy. the problem. Is that um, no really the only way to get anything is next day, right? Maybe. Yes. Maybe next day. So I go get my uh, my Mac Pro from the office, the old trash can, Oof. which I haven't been using in a while, thinking it had a good line input and a line output, but no, no line input. So just regular headphone jack or a line <laughs> output. So. But this is for the pros. Of course, it's got all those inputs. Yeah, of course, wouldn't you think? <laughs> Um, so I run rush home just trying to get things all settled and I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And I'm sitting, sitting here and I'm in, I'm in no better of a situation than I was this morning. Okay. So what, with the exception, go on. As I have a bunch of different parts arriving from Amazon and or other places, hopefully tomorrow. So hang on. Are you going to build your own Mac mini or are we talking audio interface for the Mac pro? Um, <laughs> second audio interface. I've already got one going for it. I need another audio interface because I've got a couple things running on this. So these are my first world problems uh, that I'm dealing with today. Um, any, anything exciting in your shed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am using a new mic today, the new Rode Pod mic. Any difference? Do I sound more booming, more manly? You do sound more manly. It almost, you know what? It, yes. It's shaved some pounds off you. Um, I can definitely hear that. <laughs> and um, and it definitely sounds way more boomy. In that case, but I'm keeping a good it. Thing. Yeah, well, I mean, especially if it's going to thin you out like that. Oh, exactly. You know, they, they say the camera adds 10 pounds, but the microphone, <laughs> wow, it does wonders. It beefs you up. It takes things off. Um, let's remind people how to get in touch with us. It's feedback at ami.ca. That's the email address. Uh, on the Twitter world and the Twitterverse, it is uh, at Double Tap Canada. Did you notice that I'm talking slower this week and that I'm taking a more laid back approach because I felt that I caught you a little bit off guard last week. I felt like I frazzled you when you were done. I felt like you were tired and sweaty. I'm just not. <laughs> stop it. I'm just not used to the pace, Mark. You know, we're very laid back, very sedentary usually. And you come along with your wily ways and you're speeding through. I can't keep up. I'll be honest. I'm an old well, man. Well, so so I figured, you know, let me let me try to let me lay back and. Uh, and I can't uh, tell much difference. I'll be honest. 
Okay, well, I'll slow down even more. Um, we got some emails, and you know what? The, the one email that I noticed was um, uh, they enjoyed me being there, which was great. Um, but they are wondering where Tim was. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't have the answer to that question. Um, where Where is Tim? <laughs> Did we lose him somewhere? <laughs> yes. Sorry, Tim. I totally forgot last week. We got so caught up in trying to contact Stephen through Skype that I forgot to mention Tim. Sorry, Tim. My fault. Hands up. Um, but Tim is absolutely fine. He was scheduled okay. to be off anyway, so no problems there. Tim is good. We're all good. I spoke to Stephen, and uh, he actually sounds a lot better than he did before. So, yeah. Can, can he there. sound better than he used to? Well, he sounded terrible before, and then he got ill and he sounded <laughs> yeah, that's worse. True. So he... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, um, you know, some interesting things I wanted to talk about this week. Um, you know, we're st- still so much conversation about Apple's new iPhone SE. I mean, uh, articles upon articles upon articles. Have you ordered one yet? No, no, I'm sticking with my 11. I would have done, but, okay. you know, I don't need a collection of phones, but... Yeah, it's a beauty. What's not to love about the iPhone SE? Of course I would have bought one, but I, I'll be honest with you, Mark. I don't understand your disdain towards it. I don't have, you know what? I don't no, have no, disdain no, that's towards what's it. coming across. You I don't, don't like I, it. I don't, I really, I don't. I want to be funny, but that's what's coming across. You don't okay, like so it. Okay, here, so here's my, here's my dealio with this, okay? <laughs> so uh, I like the phone. I think it's a great value. I think it's a perfect phone for my wife. She loves that home <gasps> button. I'm, I'm used to without it. Yeah. Um, and, but here's what I realized, and I didn't even, I don't know why it didn't click in my head, but there's no plus version yet. And and as I was I was literally I was going to order it and I'm like wait a second she's she's using an eight plus so I can't possibly get her a smaller phone I'm gonna get it I'm like oh my god I can't believe I made this mistake and and I thought I made this you know big discovery oh my god you know they didn't release a plus but then I read a lot of news that they actually are intending on releasing a plus version of this uh, sometime later in the year maybe even next year depending on how things go but. That is the intention. Well, you see, again, we're never happy, are we? So there's rumors for years that the the new generation of SE is coming out. Bang, there you go. Here it is. It's actually here, and we're all happy. And now it's, well, where's the plus? You know, and now there's rumors of the plus one. But, yes, there are strong rumors that there is going to be a bigger version. I don't know. Do you think there's a need for that? Because I thought the whole point of the SE, the special edition edition was that it was um it was more for people that like that form factor the smaller slim form factor because there's no denying the iphone 11 and even the 10r to some extent they are slightly more chunky than what we've been used to up till then yeah but people still like the bigger screen they still want a bigger screen and and, and if it means that the form factor here's the thing it's based on the body of the eight right so you yes. would expect that there would be the regular version and a plus version because they have the regular 4.7 inch and the larger version in the eight in the in the eight. So you would expect a plus version, and I think it's just you know in my mind I, I think that it's expected because anybody going from an eight might want to jump up to a phone like this because of all the advancements on the inside. So why not if you're jumping from an eight plus go into of course the SE plus? Well, yeah, and last week I said that the iPhone eight was. Um discontinued they weren't doing uh, no you told me that sorry the iphone 8 is discontinued but i hear that they're still selling the iphone 8 plus is that right um i haven't you know i have not seen that on the apple site but i will definitely check it check it out right now as we talk about this i can multitask it's very cool um oh, don't go show off the, uh, when you go to the website you go to iphone you'll see the iphone 11 pro the 11 the se the xr that's it you don't see the oh 8. right okay so perhaps i'm wrong on that but yeah okay i i 
who knows? Uh, the rumour is pretty strong that there is going to be a Plus version. I don't really see the need for it because, I mean, what's the price point going to be to that? And if you're going to add an extra $100, $150 to the starting price of the iPhone SE, I mean, then you're getting into the territory of a, a 10R or a 10S or 11. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's getting a bit close then. You know, I, I'm curious. What I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out is when we're going to see the um, the iPhone 12 because we're also hearing a lot of rumors. And I think what we're going to see this year, I think we're going to see definitely that new iPad Pro form factor in terms of the nice kind of edges and that kind of design. I think we're going to see that bleed into the new iPhone 12. And I think we're going to see so many more leaks this year because everybody is working from home. So there are so many points of failure in the process <laughs> yes. that could possibly happen. Like, I mean, in the past, we've seen schematics, which we've now seen today. We've seen molds, which we're going to see soon. Um, we've seen the renders. I mean, it's amazing how much we've seen about this phone that, you know, by the time it comes out, it'll be like, ha, ha. we've seen that before, like five months ago. Isn't that the case every year? It's always, oh, yeah, that's spot on. That's exactly what we knew. And was it? Tim Cook, when Tim Cook started, it was the doubling down on security. Yeah, double down on, sec on secrecy uh, and, and security. It never, it never happened. I've seen, um, you know, the 3D printed um, models of the iPhone 12 already, and you know, the yeah. CAD seems to have been leaked. We had iOS th uh, 14 leaked already. Leaks, yeah. It's, it's crazy, but um, I don't know. I, I'm getting it slightly tired. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's. We hear it every time, like. We just had the SE second gen released, and now, you know, it's all about the iPhone 12. I don't know. This is there's nothing really exciting. I want the the big leap, that big jump in design or whatever it is. So they're going to square it off. So we're going back to the classic, as it's now called, the four 4S sort of style. Yeah, yeah the, I want the antenna more. gate phone. Remember that phone, the antenna gate phone. You're holding it wrong. Oh. What's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so my question really to you is, do you think we're going to see this phone in the same time frame this year? Or do you think that we might see oh. the whole year releases kind of just get totally boshed because of everything that's going on? I mean, who knows? Everything's up for grabs in these days. It's, it's so strange. But I mean, being... I'm asking you for a definitive answer, Sean. Okay, yes. You, you know everything. About yes, it. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say, <laughs> look, be, being because it's Apple and the whole world is watching Apple and Apple have got the resources to do pretty much whatever they want. I think, you know, WWDC is going to go ahead as an online only thing, as they've announced. And I think it'll be exactly the same for the launch as it always is at the end of the year for the iPhone 12. There's not going to yeah. be a, you know, physical um, keynote or anything like that, but it will be online and then bang, there it is, ready to pre-order on the uh, online store. So yeah, it's definitely going to be there. It's just if they can reach the uh, manufacturing quotas that they need to reach. And by the looks of it, they, they can. Well, you know, so you mentioned WWDC and the fact that it's going to be online only. We're probably about a month, I guess, we're what, we're April still? Yeah. So we're still we're still at a month, month and a half away from when this is going to take place. But it seems like they're going to be testing the waters because Apple invited developers to an app accessibility session that's going to be taking place um, leading up to WWDC. I'm trying to find the exact date, uh, April 23rd. Oh. Which is actually, you know, which is, you know, we this, this today, <laughs> really, when you're listening to the show for the first time, it's Thursday, April 23rd. Um, I'm curious to see what kind of uh, feedback we get out of this conference, because this is going to be, you know, an online session. It's going to be a way, I guess, for them to test the waters and how they're going to do this at WWDC. And the fact that it's all about accessibility is kind of fun. 
kind of fun. This is amazing. What was I informed earlier? Look, this is going to be what's coming up in iOS 14. These are going to be the new accessibility features there. Um, I don't think there are anything particularly exciting that I know about yet. Uh, when it comes to us and accessibility, as in the visually impaired community. But, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know about this, but this sounds great and something we should definitely watch. You should be there. I'd love to be there, but I can't. I mean, there's, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> it's, well, if it's, it's on Zoom, we can just bomb them, can't we? We can just join anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a, <laughs> I love that. I love that idea. We're going to try to boom, uh, Zoom bomb Apple. <laughs> Zoom That'd be boom. Great. I like that better. Zoom bomb. Zoom bomb. I think they would do it by FaceTime. No, you have 32 people max. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a limit like that? So, you know, last week I mentioned I mentioned the LG V60 that was sent to me. And, um, you know, we talk about new iPhones, but you know, I want to talk about this phone for a bit because it has the dual screen case. Now, to, to describe that the phone itself is a beautiful, you know, flagship phone, almost edge-to-edge display with a little bit of a notch, kind of like a teardrop notch on the top. It's got one button on the right. It's got two buttons on the left for volume and another smart button for Google Assistant. But then if you want that second screen experience, you got to pop it in this relatively thick case. It's almost like a battery case for an iPhone. Oh, yeah. So it's it's pretty thick. It's pretty rubberized. It's got the cutouts for all the buttons and the holes that you might need. Uh, and it gives you this really beautiful OLED second screen on the left side, which I found kind of interesting. And you have the choice of launching apps on either side. So there are some experiences like some games that allow you to take advantage of both sides. But then there are some apps that you can just choose which side of the screen it goes on. And I, I kind of I find this kind of interesting because from a productivity standpoint, it's definitely useful, but when I look at this and I try to think about it from an accessibility standpoint, my God, it's just adding so much more in the way to try and get to what you need to do. Like, can you imagine having to pop this device out of your pocket, open the screen, figure out what screen you're in? I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, even Android accessibility and, and, and their, you know, what's the feature called? It's not voiceover. Talk back. It's a talkback. Yeah. Could even account for a second screen. How on earth would you know? Oh, going on to screen two, Sean. Well, to be honest, if, if you initially it does seem that's going to be impossible because you're dealing with two things at the same time. But if you break it down, you're not. You're never going to be dealing with two things at the same time. When we, when it comes to screen readers, we just don't work like that. So um, I would assume it would work. And this is all assuming that TalkBack and this particular version on this phone has been um, tweaked. Updated for it, yeah. Tweaked yeah, updated it. or tweaked to encompass the, the second screen. But, you know, basically, you've got an app on one side, app on the other screen, and once you touch and put focus on whichever screen, bang, TalkBack is now on there. So we're working with one app at a time. It's, it's a lot like on Windows if we alt-tab between, uh, between apps or yeah. command-tab on the Mac, you know what I mean? We're working at one at a time, but we've got them both there in front of us, ready to go, easy access, no having to uh, switch between them and using strange multi-function uh, gestures. So I can actually see this working quite well from a screen reader point of view if you just simplify it as in, okay, we're working with one thing at a time. And it's quite easy to switch between them. You know, just but then you don't even the need screen. the second screen, right? So what's the point of having the second screen? Well, there is that. I mean, you could argue, as everyone does, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on the multitasking thing anyway. But yeah. people say like they can be working on a, a document, a note or whatever, and they can have a web page open with notes and references there. So, I mean, using a screen reader, you could do exactly that. You could be typing away. Then you want to check something. You could 
uh, touch the other screen and read through the notes there and then tap back. Uh, yeah, I'm not entirely convinced. But again, I'm not even from an accessibility point of view. I'm not convinced by multi screens and multitasking, to be honest, when it comes to smartphones. Well- I like the I like the approach of the you know phones that flip open and work as one screen. Yes, like the Z that flip. that approach, like the Z Flip or or even like the like the concept of the Microsoft concepts, the Neo and the the Duo. I cannot wait yep. for those devices to come out because yes, they're separate screens, but they when once they open, they act as one single screen. Exactly, and and, and that gives you a whole new set of real estate, and I, I can imagine. The product productivity use cases, especially with Microsoft apps and Android apps on a device like that, which that I'm looking forward to see. So when I get something like the LG, I'm kind of hoping that it's giving me a glimpse into what that future might be. But I have yet to experience that. I've been trying hard to take advantage of the two screens, but I find myself falling into my old ways. But I guess this is, you know, part and parcel with with any new device. You just you have to have that get through that learning curve. It's a whole but, new man, genre, though, isn't it? This this trying to get because screens and OLED technology has come along so much. We've got micro um, LEDs or LCDs. Is it coming soon? Um, so the whole screen technology has really improved so much, and it's just this now. The folding thing, they're trying to get that, uh, <laughs> trying to get it through, trying to push that through because it makes perfect sense. But I don't think the screens are quite there. And, you know, the Z Flip has had issues with the screen bubbling, and um, you know the Galaxy Fold, of course. So I'm not entirely sure it's durable enough yet. But it's close. And this is why I don't even understand why they bother with trying to fold the screen when you can just put a nice small slit there with no bezel and when it opens it acts as one screen like Microsoft is going to do. I think you're you're accomplishing the exact same goal and you're eliminating an incredible point of failure that quite honestly nobody has the experience to deal with at this point. Everybody's just saying, "Okay, well, let's figure this one out it's as it happens." It's got a big crease in the middle, you just got to get used to it. I mean, it it seems totally <laughs> unwieldy, doesn't it? So how does the Microsoft one I I can't picture it in my head. I heard about it, but how... So so the Microsoft one, imagine um I'm trying to give you a, the best example. Imagine a, a physical, you know, an iPhone for example, but imagine on the left side of the screen there's no bezel whatsoever. It's just the screen goes right to the edge. So mm. then when you fold it open on the left side um, you've got one screen where the r- the right side has no bezel, and the, on the right side you've got a screen where the left side has no bezel. So when it opens, they're perfectly flush together. Imagine kind of like the Surface Hinge on the Surface uh, Pro devices, yes. yeah. and they act as one screen. Yes, there's a line down the middle if you if if you pay attention to it. There's going to be a millimeter, maybe a millimeter, or maybe even a quarter of a millimeter of a separation because they are physically separate. But because the screens go virtually to the edge, they can act as one display. It's kind of like you know those video wall that you have in subway stops or in restaurants where they have their whole menu on, on display on, on four or five screens but because there's no bezel they sandwich them together so tight they can act as one screen yeah. and when you're when you're consuming content on it it's almost it, it, it really is like there is one screen that makes so much more sense even if you have as yeah. you said got a small um, gap there it's, yeah, you've still and, got and the, grease in the other ones so it's the same thing yeah and the thing about the, the, the Neo and the, and the Duo is that on their own, when they're when they're open, they're this really thin, sleek, nice aluminum mm. device. And when you close it, they're not much thicker than you know an everyday iPhone today. So already folded in your hand, it's a beautiful, comfortable thing. Whereas I find these attempts like the LG V60, it's so big and bulky. 
It's, yep. It just it doesn't make sense, you know. But yet on the LG, the screen, the the second screen on that accessory is like paper thin. So if oh, imagine right. two of these paper thin screens together, but of course you need room for battery, you need room for for processing and stuff like that. So yeah, I think we're quite quite some ways away from a device that's going to be really sleek in our hands. Again, it goes back to Star Trek, doesn't it? It always goes back to Star Trek. Everything goes back had to Star the, Trek. <laughs> where they, you know, deliver Picard the, you know, you know, something in his hand where he's reading it off into the tablet and people are like, oh my God, that's crazy. And that's, <laughs> yes. and that's your, and that's your iPad mini, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I think we will get there. This is all sort of feeling out for the perfect design or the design that that works and these are all almost like prototypes that you can buy aren't they i think yeah and I, you know, listen i'm at this point we've heard that the new the neo and the duo are going to be delayed maybe till next year um probably yeah. for manufacturing purposes and i guess they also want to make sure that they when they do release that they do it with enough fanfare to really get attention towards it but what's neat about what they do at microsoft is that they um and admittedly so they're not afraid to make mistakes so when they release devices like this, they're actually doing it with the intention of forcing the market to try and compete. Now, you see, when did this happen? When did Microsoft suddenly become all sexy? Because uh, the, you know, the last Microsoft... couple years ago, yeah, it's <laughs> almost like that when the with the Surface range, you know, yeah, when uh, the Surface Pro came out, and I, I and again, it, I really wish I could I could force myself. I wish there was a reason that I just could no longer use a, an Apple computer anymore. Like something someone said, Blowing sorry, it doesn't exist. It blows up, or and you just can't <laughs> get one, and I'd be forced to just really get myself back into a Windows machine and get over the hurdles that I that I know I can get over because that's what's going to make the difference. And then I'll really get back into it and I'll start probably saving a lot of money in my pocket. It's like a smoker, you know? <laughs> yes. People, people, you know, people who are smokers, can you imagine how much money they have if they just quit? Yes. And it's the same with apples. You're addicted. Just give up the apples, man. Give up the apples. Give up the apples. <laughs> I'm going to get that printed on a T-shirt. Um, you are listening to Double Tap Canada. I am Mark Aflalo sitting in for Stephen Scott, who is not vacationing. He is recovering from who knows what. We're we'll, going to call it the plague? Let's call it the plague. You called it the plague <laughs> last week, and it was inappropriate then. Was it inappropriate then? I don't think it's inappropriate. I think it's quite appropriate for what's going on now. Not the coronavirus, but some other plague. Yeah. Um, feedback, feedback at ami.ca is the email address. And uh, I, you know what? I had the phone number last week. And you'd think I'd have it handy with me right now, but uh, I don't. don't. So what I'm going to do, but it's okay. It's okay because I'm pretty good, as I said earlier, about this multitasking stuff. So I can go back well, if think, I know where see, it is. You would think that I would know after all these episodes that I've done. You think I no, would but you've, know it. But you've said that you don't pay attention, so we understand well, that. Well, that. that's true. I mean, I could say it, what I think it is, but if I'm wrong, then I'll get in trouble. So I'll wait. I'll, I'll stall we, for you. Should we quiz you? Uh, no, please don't. One eight six six five zero nine forty five forty five. I knew that. I should have gone for it. One eight six six five zero nine four five four five is the phone number. And please tell us we're okay to use your audio when you do leave your voicemail. Otherwise, we yes. can't use it. We got a great message the other week, and I, I listened to it, and um, and it, the guy starts by introducing himself, and then goes, oh, wait, sorry, yes, yes. you have my permission to use it. <laughs> we you have heard that, that one voicemail too? coming up, yes. <laughs> oh, do we? What does yes. it say? I didn't actually listen to the whole thing. Well, it'll be Much like soon. most of my voicemails, I don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> so many things coming up. Um, what else do we want to talk about this week? There's so many things going on in the world. It's amazing that you'd think with a pandemic that there would be nothing going on in the world, but there is a lot going on. Um, I want to talk about esports a bit. Maybe we'll do that after we take a break. Um, 
What else did I want to talk about? There was something else specifically. What, what are you watching these days? Are you watching a lot of streaming? Oh, that's all I'm doing. I just signed up because we've just got over here in the UK. We had Disney Plus. Uh, it just think, came out? Well, I think it was the end of March, 24th okay. of March, I think it was released. So um, I thought I was going to binge and go crazy. And let me just say this, Disney Plus, from an accessibility point of view, is amazing. It's virtually the same as Netflix as uh, when it comes to the app, at least on the iPhone. I know the Apple TV app is really accessible as well. So, um, yeah, it is really good. But I'm a bit Disneyed out. You know, there's only so many cartoons I, I want to watch. Okay, but hang on. You have to you have to realize when you mm. and I'm sure you have realized this as you browse through the catalog that Disney is so much more than cartoons, right? You've got Marvel, you've got X-Men, you've got, I mean, there's so You're much struggling, variety aren't you? there. See, Marvel and X-Men, and that's it. Now you run out. Now we've got to Pixar, and now we've got to Snow White and Mickey Mouse. There isn't, there isn't that much, but I've got to say, I did go through a marathon of watching every Marvel film. So I googled... In order? In order. That's oh, the, see, that's man. the key. I, mean, I googled... What order to watch the Marvel films? I think it was Captain America to start with and then all the way up to Endgame. And all of them were audio described. I think there were a couple I missed because they weren't on a Spider-Man Homecoming uh, isn't on there. Um, So I couldn't watch that one. But um, yeah, I've got to say the audio description on Disney Plus is pretty fantastic. Did you dive into any of the Star Wars stuff? No, you know what? I'm not really into Star Wars. I started oh, really? watching the, what do they call it? The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yep. And it was okay, but I sort of dozed off halfway through. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh. one of those shows that I think you have to be not addicted and not really you know into the Star Wars universe, but you have to have somewhat of a keen interest to want <laughs> to watch something curious. that's slow. Well, yeah, because it's a very, it's a very slow-paced show. Like, I mean, it's it's really, it's an Ugh. origin, it's almost like an origin story, but it's not because it's, it's you know, post A New Hope. But uh, it's, I mean, I think it's a good watch, and I think it's going somewhere that's good. Um, oh, but that's you did, good. But it's going to you, get better is what you're saying. Keep watching. I just kept watching it saying okay where's baby yoda where's baby yoda where's baby yoda he's not here yet i've fallen asleep you know i i i've got no interest I'm- well but this is funny so i'm watching um we got through what we were watching my wife loves watching documentaries so we got through a lot of documentaries and um she had seen me watching the second season of jack ryan on amazon prime right. and um she was kind of she kind of into it, and she watched the last couple episodes with me, and she's like, "That was okay. It was good." I'm like, "Well, you have to watch the first season because it's way more action packed." And I don't know if you've seen it. I'm not going to ruin anything. No, I, I wouldn't haven't. dare do that for you. Thank um, you. But so we we've gone back and, and we're watching the first season, and you know, three episodes in, we're watching this before bedtime. My wife's like, "I can't go to sleep now. I'm all wired up. I can't. Oh. I can't. I can't do this." And I said, see, that's the difference between season one and season two, is that season one was really edge of your seat, something happening that really gets you into it and really gets the adrenaline run, rushing, much like a Jack Ryan or a, a clear and present danger type movie. But yeah. the, second, the second season was way more, Boring. I guess, way more cerebral. Oh, who wants that? No one wants cerebral. I can't even say it, let alone watch it. I know it's it's I know things that make you use your brain are <laughs> difficult it. to understand, Sean. I get it. I understand. I understand completely. I'll, admit it. I'll own it. I, I I do want to talk more streaming because there are so many services. There are services that are launching during this pandemic, and I'm curious to get your opinion on what you know success they may or may not have. Um, there's Quibi. I don't know if it's launched in the UK. This oh, is a yes. curious one, like short form. 
yeah, short form programming. I kind of don't get it, but I kind of do. Um, so let's take a break. It is Double Tap Canada. You are, are Sean Priest. I am Mark Aflalo. In for Stephen Scott. Again, on uh, Twitter, we are at Double Tap Canada. And, of course, uh, feedback at AMI.ca. Let's take a break, and we'll come right back. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Uh, welcome back to Double Tap Canada. I am Mark Aflalo, sitting in for Stephen Scott along with Sean Priest. No Tim this week. Uh, we, we I don't know where Tim is. I think he's locked in a trunk somewhere, is he? Uh, maybe, maybe. No, he's not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he gets up to in his private life. That's up to him. But yes, don't worry. It'll all be back to normal soon. Is that how this works? It's that uh, when Stephen is here, everybody comes back with fanfare and well, celebrates and brings booze and brings some food and some stuff to celebrate with. And I'm just you know here so yeah I you. yeah you're kicked out the door back to tv for you you know if it was up to me mark i'd keep you but wow you know, that's how Stephen rolls wow i'm gonna have to <laughs> arrange something on the next edition of double tap tv um thank you guys for being here the email address is feedback at ami.ca the phone number is normally right in front of me but uh, i don't have it right now one 509 4545 one 509 4545 and you can leave a voicemail just like this one Hey, guys, wanted to drop you guys a quick message. Really loved the episode. Missed you, Steve. Missed you. Uh, and, I, and I noticed in the entire episode, not one mention of <laughs> Tim. I hope he's still with us. Tim, are you there? Can you hear me now, Tim? Anyways, I want to leave you guys a quick voicemail, let you know I really appreciate the content. Every week I listen, like clockwork. Uh, at 2x speed, so it's only like a half hour of my time. Oh. <laughs> Wanted to tell you that I'm very fond of the Android keyboard. I've been using Android on a Pixel 2 for just over a year now. Last month uh, was my year birthday on Android. Uh, really haven't looked back. Actually, what's very interesting is when I use iOS now, I feel very very sluggish, and that used to be the case with Android, uh, but now, like, if, if I want to get to the top or the bottom of the screen, uh, I just use a quick gesture, and I don't have to figure out how to use all four fingers and tap on the top or the bottom of the screen, and I don't know, it's just, it's just easier for me to get stuff done, I've noticed. Now, that being said, Android does have a few gotchas working on some projects to help uh, other individuals. Uh, love the dot online. Just throwing that out there. You guys will be seeing something like that in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're interested, I've got to plug Kelly, Kelly and Company uh, second Monday of the month at 10 after the hour at the top of the show. It's 11, 10 a.m. Pacific time here in the States. And I think there's Pacific time in Canada, too. Yeah, there is. Uh, and 2.10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and you can hear my accessing Android segment uh, on Kelly Co. on AMI. But I did want to get to the point, and that is the Braille keyboard is freaking amazing. Quick tip for those interested in using it. Because I found inconsistencies with the space gesture. If you use a contraction, swipe to the right with your right hand, and that will give you a space. Left works, but I don't think it works as much or or as well as it should. And then the other tip is if you've disabled vibrations, then enable word feedback and you'll know for sure that you hit a space and uh, tapped a word out. 
if not, you can disable the the word uh, echo while typing, and you'll feel a longer vibration if you're using vibrate mode uh, for the keyboard when you've entered a word. Now, what I'd like to see Google do, and we'll see if we can make it happen, we'll, we'll advocate for that, you know, is uh, enable vibration mode for the Braille keyboard even if a TalkBack user has vibration mode off. Uh, and, and that is a setting inside of TalkBack that you can turn on to feel vibrations. I used that for almost the whole year that, well, maybe it was a whole year that I was on Android. And then one day I'm just like, you know, this is too much. Let's turn this off. And now I've got a very handy phone, no sound effects, no vibrations, just talking in my head. And it competes with the other voices in my head. <laughs> I love how he puts it. Hey, Tim, get back in the trunk. Okay, so, Sean, <laughs> I need you to explain something to me. Yes, I'll try. How does the Braille keyboard work on an Android device? Because in my mind, you know, Braille is a, a tactile thing. No, no, so, sir. No, no. Come on now. No, no, no. So if you if you break it down into, you've got your Braille displays and your Braille keyboard. So your Braille displays is what you're thinking of with the tactile for reading it. You're feeling the uh, cells, the bumps, the dots with your fingers. Correct. So, but also... When people are uh, familiar with Braille, um, typing just using the uh, dots, the uh, one, two, three, and four, five, six dots, um, can be so much faster, particularly if you're using contracted Braille or uh, grade two Braille, they call it. So if you think of grade one Braille as just the alphabet and numbers, you know, A, B, C, D, E, and that's it. So you can type and spell out your words that way. Um, but there's also contracted Braille where, um, if you think of it, I suppose, like shorthand or something like that. Yeah, you know, like short form, like what a stenographer uses in a courtroom type exactly thing. Exactly right. So you can be yeah. incredibly fast using Braille. And, you know, some people just like to use the Braille that they've uh, grown up with or, or got used to. So when it comes to a Braille input on a touchscreen like the iPhone and now on the Google on the latest um on the latest update to accessibility suite on Android, um, you have the dots on the screen. Uh, you place your fingers on the screen and you just tap away and you're typing. And the speed that people can get up to on these is, you know, it's it's on par with touch typing anyway. So, um, yeah, I have managed since last week, I have looked into this a bit more. I updated my accessibility suite on Android and it was there. I needed to go into the phone settings and then into accessibility, talkback, talkback settings. And there was an option there to turn on the Braille keyboard. And once there in Gboard, I simply double tapped on the, um, I think it's select language or other language button which is on the bottom left corner and my braille keyboard came up and when it does come up you've got a nice tutorial which goes through all the options like michael said there you know swiping left i think is delete swiping right is space and swiping down with three fingers i think is uh switch back to your standard on-screen keyboard um it, it's good now i'm not proficient if i could say it proficient with braille at all um I, I've just started learning grade one, so it's hard for me to say how good it is, but it seemed perfectly responsive. It did seem on a par with the um, the iOS uh, Braille input, and yeah, I really liked it. There was only one way to use it, whereas in iOS you can use it in something called tabletop mode where you put your phone on a desk and the screen facing up and you can type on it that way. Whereas 
in the the Google one, the only option you've got is holding the phone in your hand, screen facing away from you in landscape mode, and typing away like that. So um, that's the only difference I could really find. But yeah, I, I got to agree with Michael. It's really impressive. Yeah, you could say it's about time, and I do. But um, it's good that we've got that option there. And uh, yeah, thanks to Michael for uh, those little tips. I'm sure he knows. I'm sure he's using it much more than I am. Well, I, I still find that really cool, especially the fact that, you know, you can almost, you know, you can speed up your process um, in, in the long run as well is actually kind of cool. Absolutely, do you, yeah. Do people do you think people actually choose to use to type in that form specifically for that reason? I guess it probably gives them a little a bit of an edge, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's surprising. When, when I went for some lessons, I did two or three lessons, learned the basics of the alphabet, grade one Braille, and I was much faster uh, sending messages or tweets or things like that using Braille um, than I was using the on-screen touch keyboard. You know, there's something about it which does, it's just perfectly suited for us, but so it's the best way to enter text. We got an email from, uh, from uh, Joe Lonergan. Um, it's for Steve, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it because I, you know, I, I'd rather Ooh, ask you the question. Okay, go on then. Yeah, well, take it. Um, uh, hi, Stephen. I mean, hi, Sean. Uh, I love the Double Tap podcast. <laughs> Very entertaining. Uh, do you have any recommendations for Bluetooth keyboards for using on the iPhone? Ah, Joe from Ireland. Ireland. Um, I mean, please don't do Bluetooth... an accent. Mark. Yeah, I'm, well, never, okay. you, be quiet. Well done. Um, I'm a big fan of the Apple Bluetooth keyboard using it in an iPhone, especially if you're going to use it on a desk. But I find that people, obviously, who want a Bluetooth keyboard are normally using it for travel, um, which is where I think Logitech comes into play. They make some really, really good portable ones. Have you had an experience with any of that uh, you Do particularly you know like? I find it so difficult to recommend any keyboard because it, there is a lot of personal taste to this you know do you like the uh, mechanical style the clacky clicky ones or are you much more you like the flat low profile ones i'm a fan of the laptop style keyboards you know all small no separate numpad um so it's really difficult to recommend um i would say if you want something quality then i would go for a branded one there's so many cheap portable bluetooth uh keyboards out there and they're fine and they work but i don't know if you're going to use them for any extended period i think you're better off going for something like a logitech or you know yeah. an apple or a microsoft whatever it is and all of them do have some sort of uh, i'm not sure about apple but some sort of small portable mobile version i know steven really loves the logitech k380 i think keyboard um i've got the uh, oh, I've used in the past the Logitech K760, which I think is a fantastic one because you can connect three devices on it and you can switch between them uh, you know, easily. And also it's solar powered, which means you never have to worry about it being oh, wow. charged up. It's permanently, it just lasts forever and ever and ever. So I really like that one. Um, but when it comes to it, I think really, you know, it's a keyboard you need to try out. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I say the Logitech K7, uh, K380 is something I know that Stephen has recommended in the past. Well, this is what, you know, these times where we can't go out and, and every, single, every single store is closed. How do you go hands-on with anything anymore? And this is why, you know, I got a phone call last night from, uh, from a friend of mine who said, have you ordered the, the iPad keyboard, the new one with the touchpad? And I said, I ordered it. He said, well, I'm going to return mine. I'm like, well, you haven't even had it. You didn't, didn't receive it yet. He goes, yeah, I don't even want it. I see people's reviews. I'm like, I'm not going to like it. I'm like, well, here's the thing is that 
<laughs> you know, normally you can walk into a store and try it, right? You can at least experience it for a couple days, you know, a minute or two and say, okay, I may like this, I might not. That's why I'm getting it. I foresee myself returning it for, you know, $500 for a keyboard is just absolutely insane. Yes, it um, is. But, you know, nowadays, the only way to experience any of these products hands-on is either for them to send it to you or for you to go out and actively, you know, seek it out and then try it out. And I think that's going to be a reality for the next, you know, quite some time, which is why I love Amazon's return policy. Oh, absolutely. Amazon are fantastic, as are other online retailers, I'm sure. No, well, I've got to say, Mark, boo-hoo, welcome to our world. I mean, going yeah. out and actually um, yeah, going to a store is sometimes really difficult uh, when you're visually impaired. But you know what? I think the whole world is moving online. Anyway, uh, the lockdown, of course, has pushed us here and forced us here. But isn't that the only reason for a brick-and-mortar store now? It's just so people could go in play with it, have a feel of it, and then go home and order it online. I mean, I um, hate to be pessimistic yeah, about it, but I mean, that's, that's the case. I think you and I are like that. I think that, I think that you know, people, tech-savvy people are kind of like that. We'd rather just buy it from the cheapest point, but we'll try it out wherever we can if it's out in the public. But I think our reality for the for the near future is going to be very different. Like, can you imagine going to a clothing store and trying on a sweater that somebody else has worn or, or Oof. five, six? Oof. Exactly. Can you imagine? So those stores are going to have to, I mean, I don't know how they're going to adapt to social distancing. I don't know how they're going to adapt to any of these things because what are you going to do? Let people try on a brand new one, then throw it back in to get sanitized? Yeah, that can't work, can it? No, it really, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me the same way it doesn't make, you know, I don't understand how people are going to go back to schools, you know, kids, their hands live in their mouths, you know, how are they going to go back to school and be social distance? How are you going to clean? It's, it's. Well, they're it's not, very, are they? Very it, until the, the actual risk of infection has gone down to a degree where we don't think that you know, yeah, that is so much of a risk anymore. I, I don't think you can't have social distancing and these group environments, such as shopping or schools, anyway. So until that goes down and social distancing disappears, then you just can't. But I don't know. Look, look at supermarkets at the moment. I don't know how it is in Canada, but over here you've got the queues outside. Everyone's got the two meter distance away. You're letting people in one at a time. You know, what do you do if someone picks up something from the shelf, decides they don't want it, put it down? You know, is someone chasing them, disinfecting everything? I have no idea. I just think, look, moving away from the lockdown and the virus thing, I, I've been saying it all the way along. I know it's a shame that the high street is disappearing and everyone's wringing their hands about it. But at the end of the day, it's our choice. And we've chosen that we love the convenience of lying in bed or sitting on the sofa and ordering whatever we need online and getting it the next day or next couple of days. Yeah. The fact is that we've chosen that's what we want. And I don't actually see anything wrong with that. I Listen, I don't. My wife would disagree because she loves... Shopping. She loves the experience of going out to stores and looking at things. But even her mind, like she's the one who brought it up for me. She's like, I don't know how I'm going to go try things on anymore. You know, am I going to want to touch things other people have touched? It's going to be very strange. And I looked at her and said, you know, we do that all the time. We, 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 we look at it with our eyes and we go order it and we, you know, touch our own. And hopefully the one that we receive in the mail or receive hasn't the next been day touched. hasn't been touched or at least you sanitize <laughs> it or you spray it. And quite honestly, when you can return things within 30 days, who cares at that point, right? You can almost, you know, it's like a rental house, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Isn't Amazon Amazon Rentals? Isn't that what's going on here? <laughs> no, we couldn't possibly promote that at all. But um, look, no. their, their returns policy is fantastic. I've, I don't know how it is in Canada, but I've had things where... Oh, it's great. 
they, they'll just come and pick it up even if it's a, over a certain weight. You know, you just ring up say, I don't want this anymore, no matter what the reason is, if it's in a certain amount of uh, days, and they will come, pick it up, and take it back. I mean, it's great. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I, you know, other than Costco, I think it's one of the best return policies on the planet. Yeah, definitely. Costco will take things back that have been eaten. <laughs> it's not even... It's it's not even normal. Um, we we wanted to, we wanted to talk about um, you know p- people being stuck at home. You know, normally when we're stuck at home and you're homesick, whatever you follow your favorite sports team, you can watch racing, hockey, whatever you know, football, soccer, whatever you know you might want to watch. But these days, you know, nobody's watching any of that. There's talk about these sports coming back. There's talk about golf coming back without without spectators, which I think is probably one of the only sports that I think that could probably that get away with it. Yeah. Not that many people are, are physically on the holes, right? So you can get away with that. Yeah. But can you imagine going to a football game or a hockey game or any kind of sport like that where the crowd really makes a difference in, in terms of how the players yeah. work and having no crowd? No atmosphere at all. With no crowd, no atmosphere. That would be strange. That would be very strange. And what a lot of you know, a lot of you know, teams are doing um, is they're going to then they're turning to video games in a way to entertain the audience. And the first experience I had was when all this started, you know, I followed the Montreal Canadiens, the NHL hockey team, and I got this notification saying the Canadians are playing in second period. I'm like, what are you talking about? And what they did is they went in and they bought NHL 20 and actual players were playing the video game and they were streaming it and they had real play-by-play announcers <laughs> calling the action. That and it was actually really clever. It was, it was so intriguing to watch because it felt like you were you forgot you forgot that you were that's how good the games are these days you forgot that you were watching just a simulated game and then you find out that they're doing this in nascar nascar is putting the real drivers behind the wheel then they're doing this in indycar indycar a driver who had an accident last year who is now paralyzed for the rest of his life is now driving again in 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 indycar so people are turning to esports to entertain the audience, and what's interesting is everybody's picking it up. Fox is picking it up, ESPN is picking it up. Everybody's everybody's finding a way to you know carry this. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on number one, you know, them gravitating towards this. I think is brilliant, but I'm curious when things do start to come back to normal, are we going to see them ditch this, or are we going to see them try to maintain it and see what kind of audience they retain out of it? No, they will. Ditch it in a heartbeat, I'm sure, <laughs> purely because there's more money to be made by getting people in, you know, bums on seats or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that it's something they could keep as a another revenue stream, you know, because I would... An indie sounds... league or like a, some kind of farm team of some kind? Well, or... yeah, you know, like the, the second uh, the second squad or whatever they're, they'll be playing after. I don't know. I was intrigued by this because when you brought it up, I was thinking, oh, you know, esports, which has really, really boomed uh, over the last few years with games such as uh, PUBG and Fortnite and... Um, yeah, Overwatch and exactly that's right. I mean, those, Call of Duty, the money involved and the the figures, you know, like three million and and uh, for a tournament. Well, last year, last year, the prize money given away in esports, and we're talking about those games, not yep. like you know IndyCar and stuff like that. The money, the prize money given away, um, was bigger than all the golf tournaments combined. Wow! I mean, it just blows your yeah. mind, doesn't it? You know, and you've got some fifteen-year-old uh, kid winning it, and you're thinking, wow. You know? But these I'm... these kids, they train hard. Yep. They train extremely hard. They are they are sponsored. There's 
There's lots of money to be won that goes to the entire team. There's big sponsors on board. In a time like this where nobody's spending money, you can see all these partnerships popping up, people playing it from home. They're building control centers from home. Yep. I mean, before this pandemic, they were going to arenas, and arenas were set up like like you'd never seen before. I mean, more fanfare, more technology than than think of the biggest concert you could possibly think of. Yep. Think of U2 touring. You know, they wouldn't – the more technology and more interaction because – the in-arena experience has to mimic the home experience. Yep. It's not like you know the sport where you go to hockey, you don't hear play-by-play announcer, you just watch the game and you make your own judgments. Here, you need to be immersed in it. So now they're trying to replicate that online, and they're doing a really good job. <laughs> they are. That sounds like a really good idea. Now, I don't know if this is something that's got legs and, and will carry on, but um, I think it is a way to uh, keep the fans you know, um, engaged. That's right. Thank you. That's, that's what word I was grasping for. Um, and it's a really good idea. And especially if they're, you know, the actual players themselves are playing the, the virtual themselves virtually, that sounds fantastic. So yeah, I really like that idea, but I'm not sure how much it will grow. Um, yeah. once we get the real thing back, I don't know, but you could say yeah, that I, we've I, been saying that all the way through this lockdown, you yeah? know, working from home. It's great. You know, is this, are, is this going to carry on afterwards? And uh, same for oh, I think it's going to happen for, for a while. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but on the esports side, and I think the, the, you know, the Call of Duty leagues and those things are always going to continue and they're going to continue to flourish. And hopefully they're going to get a big bump from what's going on here. So because people are tuning in. But yeah, I think I on the traditional side of things, they're still going. I mean, you know, we got Facebook. But you know what? That's that's a European thing because it wasn't as big as it is over there. Uh, uh, here, here, it's it's really it's kind of budding here. Oh, really? Well, yeah, you, it's not. It was not as big. The prize money, you know, the worldwide prize money was much bigger in Asia, in Europe. Oh, I mean, it's really only yes. it's only growing as big and becoming as important uh, in North America over the past, you know, I would say year and a half. Yeah. But Twitch has really exploded, and you've got YouTube doing the same thing. Microsoft and uh, Facebook have just announced their new game uh, streaming service, uh, Facebook Gaming. Uh, boring name, but, you know, the, the, every major player <laughs> is trying to get in on this. So, um, yeah, it's definitely big business, if nothing else. Have you, I mean, I don't, you, do you game much or not, really? No, not at all. It's, you know, eh, no, I don't. There's, um, you know, I signed up for Google Stadia, which is their streaming service, um, when it first came out, and I was actually blown away. I was actually quite blown away of how you're the only one. Well, uh, I was the streaming, sir. You know, streaming a game. You know, you're used to plugging, you know, buying a disc or downloading gigabytes worth of data, um, and and getting it down to your console, and then you play the game, and that's great, and that's nice and dandy. But to be able to stream it online. You know, I thought there would be a major difference in gameplay and degradation and quality, but it's really, it's not. It's not. But, I mean, I, I can't imagine games like that, you know. There are some games that are completely accessible, but, I mean, you need to have, you know, adaptive game pads. And I can't imagine it's a, it's an enjoyable no, experience I mean, when you can't really see anything. Console games and things like that, they, they, there are, they are working on it. I think, is it rare? Uh, coming out with uh, with a game Everwild, I think it is. We talked about it a few episodes ago, and they are saying that every game they do now, they're going to focus on accessibility and make it as accessible as they can, which is great. You know, we're talking um, high contrast and um, simpler uh, visuals uh, if you want to turn that thing on. So yeah. that's that's great. But for 
if your vision's at a certain level, then you know none of this is going to make much of a difference, in which case we're looking at accessible games, audio games in our case. So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally get games are amazing, as is virtual reality. You were talking about the Quest last week, Beat Saber and everything. Totally fantastic, but, yeah, sort of out of our reach, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, Sorry. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to wrap up the show by throwing a little PSA out there. Ooh. A public service announcement. Uh, number one, don't listen when Stephen comes back. He's really bad. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> that was not the PSA. I take that back. Okay. I just feel because you guys you get very sarcastic on the show and you, you, you like taking stabs at each other. I figure, why not? Why not? He's down. I can't. You're he can't, one of us. It's fine. He can't You're fight part of back, the DTC right? team. Yeah. <laughs> Um, updates. The, the reason I wanted to bring up updates, because uh, Zoom has released a new version of their um, interface, Zoom 5.0, which tackles a lot of the security issues that people have been talking about over the past while, especially with people working from home. But it really brought up the fact, and a lot of people were calling me, and you know, there's a lot of macOS updates, iOS updates. Make sure you do those updates, guys, because there's so many things. Um, and I know people are cautious. They don't want things to break. But, you know, for the vast majority of them, nothing's going to break. It really – they really patch a lot of security holes. And as yes. we're working from home, the amount of malware and the amount of attempts at hacking us and getting to us through email, be super cautious about it. Pay attention to what you're clicking on. Pay attention to that email. I get on, – on a daily basis, I get about a dozen emails for myself. Yeah, and they're not actually from me. <laughs> funny you say that. Just today I got one saying uh, your uh, bill is overdue, or blah, 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 but you need to pay it now. And I was trying to figure out, is this spam or scam or what? And I looked at who it was from thinking it would be an you know, obvious um, scam email address, and it was from me. Oh, that doesn't sound good. So yeah, they're, the they're getting really good. At, they're getting really good at spoofing this stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, – yeah. There's been so there's been a bit of an explosion. I'm seeing so much um, spam that I wouldn't normally see, and phishing attempt uh, phishing attempt emails in my inbox now, which usually, uh, as I said, would get filtered straight out. But there's so many coming through. I don't know if there's more coming through or less people filtering them out. But yeah, you really have got to be careful. Yeah. Um, thank you guys. Thanks, uh, Sean, for keeping me company this week. It was a pleasure being here again. I'm getting um, used you to you got, now. I, I, uh, you not know, bad, I, eh? You're not bad. You're very good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for being here. Again, the email address is feedback at ami.ca. On Twitter, it is uh, at Double Tap Canada. And the phone number I would give you again, one eight six six something 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 four five four five. That's one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. Leave us a voicemail, but don't forget to give us permission to use your audio. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Stephen, for letting me sit in. Hopefully uh, he is back <laughs> next week because I'm too tired. This is draining on me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. My pleasure, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.